When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 373 of Flow Wrestling Radio Live. I'm your host, Christian Piles, joined miraculously, not always, but occasionally, and today, from the Atlanta airport, Willie Saylor. Willie, how you doing? Where, you, where are you right now? I'm in the B-dubs in Atlanta. Oh oh I've actually, actually put quite a few back in this airport, in this uh, establishment in my time. In this particular one, in Atlanta. So Willie thought he was slick Nick. and was going to stay an extra day in Vegas. Um, and he got abandoned, or he got stuck in Vegas, and now he's still trying to make his it way. It was a total, a total, total botched plan. Total botched plan. Because first of all, because first of all, I got so banged up <laughs> Saturday night. I, I lost twelve hundred bucks. Oh I, my I, I gosh! Really? I just like, real. It was real quick. It wasn't really quick. Me, Win Mahalik, and Jaden Ironman playing mm-hmm. a little crap. Okay. But well, played, played played too long. Blew all kinds of money. The next day, I was hungover. I didn't even do anything the next day. I wanted to take the next day and like have fun. Couldn't. Laid up. All I did was watch Arius Stark kill armies with one blow we received for for frl questions a disproportionate number of game of thrones uh related inquiries which i guess we can get to some of those those later on and uh you know the stories of your struggle could take up three frls willie so we'll just we'll just leave it yeah so then i got out anyway the point is then i got you never actually got to the point yeah there was thunder and lightning Flight was delayed. Got here at Atlanta Airport last night, eleven thirty. My, of course, the flight to Allentown was was I missed it, so I slept. Uh, actually, wrote an article for a while. Now I'm like, I haven't, I, I haven't slept. Now I'm like delirious. Yes. And Why drinking call Fretwell. Yeah, you Fretwell would have scooped you. He scooped me. He scooped Nomad. Oh yeah, I should have called Fretwell. The scariest part is when Cam picks you up, his son. <laughs> And he's no, very, I like Cam. No, I like Cam too. It's, it has nothing to do with liking Cam. It has to do with he's he's like 16 years old and he's driving you around in his giant truck and he's changing the music on the phone. It's a little scary. With $700 shoes on. With, with $700 shoes on. Yeah, it's just like I'll drive Cam. No, it's cool. but yeah, you should have got scooped up by Fretwell. Big mistake by you. Okay. The U.S. Open happened. Half of Final X is set, and I think the biggest story coming out of uh, the U.S. Open is one Yanni Diakamahalis, uh, who I believe none of us picked. Uh, I believe most of us picked either some combination of J.O. or Zane. And mm-hmm. he answered every question um, that could possibly be asked. He had the most difficult possible path, and... 
he did it. You know, he ran through Dardanes, ran through Molinero, ran through J.O., and then uh, took out Zane late. Uh, in uh, retrospect, in retrospect, why did we take him? Oh, I, I think, okay, why didn't we? I think there's a lot of reasons. One, okay. we watched him we watched him all folk style season long, and he wasn't a, a, a dominator, and freestyle is his best style for sure, but we didn't see him last year. The, our last freestyle glimpse of, of Yanni was him losing to Ryan Deacon, okay? Then he goes, and he's a two-time NCAA champion, and he's amazing at folk style, but he's right there with the McKennas. I mean, right there. Controversial win over Joey McKenna, right? Tight win over Jaden Ironman. None of those guys do we view as Oliver or Zane level, right? So you're like, okay. Tight one, tight one over Dean Heil last year. Tight one over right? Dean, right? So it's like, all right, he's right there. He's the best of this group that includes McKinnon and, and whatever. But I'm, you're just not ready to make the leap that he's going to be better than Molinero or Zane at this point. Like, that was the mm-hmm. next test, right? So I think I, Heinz, there's not, it's not like I had this like, Oh, I should have seen this coming or, or anything. It's like, no, I think we made the appropriate prognostications at the time with all the information we had. And now, now that we know what we know, yeah, I think Yanni's going to make the team. I think he's got a great shot at a world medal, right? And now I'm I can say that. I'm 100%, 100% on board with all those things. I just want to let those said. I mean, because some people will say, well, why didn't you go with Yanni? Well, we just told you why. Uh, and, that and was also, our rationale. And now we see this difference. And, you know, I, I wrote when I was here in the Atlanta airport last night, I wrote an article uh, like nine or ten redemption stories from uh, the Open. And I put Yanni in there. And I think that will surprise some people. But it, it will only surprise you if you just take into account his – NCAA season. If you remember, Yanni won a cadet world title in 15. In 16, he went, he was supposed to go to the junior trials, got sick, won another cadet title after that. But he's been kind of snake bit, right? Mm-hmm. He, and he hasn't been like in, you know, 17, 18. He hasn't been on a team. He hasn't, um, been otherworldly in the freestyle and so um i think it is overcoming a hurdle i think it is overcoming redemption he was hurt for a while sick for a while uh right well, no, my, and, and one of my questions was sorry r- real quick the, another reason that i was kind of like not sure is like is he ready for the physicality that a guy like Nolf or a guy like zane not just the pace i think he can withstand pace that wasn't really my question but like is he going to get beat up a little bit? I mean, is there is is Frank Molnar going to move him around? None of that happened. None of that even got really close to happen. The the attacks that Zane got in on were not like from but it was just good leg attacks. Um, so that was another reason I was like not sure. But now I know. Now I know, Yanni. When he shook his finger at me right before the interview, I was like, damn it. I had one of those moments, Will. I know, and and I I was with you guys, right? Like. I thought Jo shook your, shook your finger at me. What's if you that? if you watch the if you watch the interview, okay. I did the whole I did the whole thing just in case he did something right. Like before we started the interview, and he went like this, gave me one of those because Nomad What's said that? Jo is going to win the open and left himself no outs whatsoever. Yeah. 
which is fine. I'm because I, I believed it. But then what? when he did that, I was like, man, because it was the same thing that, and I still picked Jo. Like I'm not trying to change my pick, but it was the same thing when I picked. No, I'm just gonna explain. When I when I was talking about it, like again, the guy who won was his age last year. Was a 20 year old who was at Cadet Worlds the same year Yanni was. Does the age and strength thing not matter? And is it just who is better at wrestling? Now I still thought Jo was gonna be better at wrestling, mm-hmm. but. Then I saw Yanni do it, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's Yanni. But the last time we saw him rest freestyle, he lost to Ryan Deacon, who, by the way, just beat James Green and is in Final X. So, so what the we'll, heck? We'll get to that. We'll get to, yeah, we'll, we'll get, get to, get to that, that in a second. But I, I I had that moment, Will, where I was like, yep, screwed up. Unreal. Well, I, mean, I, don't, think that, I don't think that any of us screwed up. We, we, we're working off of data. We're working off of what we had to work with. And uh, – you know, we, you have to see it before you're going to go with it. Um, and Yanni is just a freak. He's just a freak. Uh, you know, he beat the he beat the our Olympian who wrestled for a medal. He beat Jo, who's been second numerous times, and he beat another world team member. Yeah, a three time. I mean, one of the best college wrestlers ever. He beat him in his first crack. And I'll say this: you, you would have thought, what? you would have thought with Zane, it's like okay, he'll get a feel for him at the open, he'll win the trials, and then we'll we'll see That's if right. he's ready by final X. He it, it's already now, and Yanni's going to be the one with the upside in the arc, and the one that's going to be able to make more adjustments. Zane is Zane well, right now, right? I'll also say this, and you can you can poo poo it all you want. The word that I that I heard. Anyway, the word that I heard was that J.O. gets the best of Yanni. He's one up Yanni in the room, right? Poo-poo it all you want. When the lights are on, Yanni's a different breed. Yeah. No question. Didn't Yanni say in one of his interviews he's never beaten J.O. before? He said anything that's been longer than a minute. I have not beaten him. Okay, in how, a live go, you know. And one one thing I'll say to that is, Jo coming off weight. I mean, how big is Jo when he's normally wrestling him versus right now, right? Um, I think that's maybe true that, too. That's true too. But I do think there is a thing. Oh, for I sure. I do think there is a thing that I don't know if it's. And I, I've said this a million times about when the lights are on and. Sometimes people laugh at that, but I do think there's Jake Herbert was one. Jake Herbert, if you talk to a bum off the street, he was like, they'd be like, yeah, I was in practice with Jake Herbert the other day. I beat him. And he yeah. wasn't the best in the practice room. He elevated when it was game time. Yeah. But my thing with the lights on, the reason I laugh at the lights on thing, I laugh at it when it's like, Oh, he didn't try in this match, but in this match he'll try. Practice is different. Practice, yeah, I get that all the time, and for sure guys are different. But when you say, like, well, Big Tens, doesn't matter, but the lights will be on because now it's NCAAs, that's when I'm like, LOL. No, I, I, I mean, I think I think there is – I mean, I'm fully convinced that there is a thing that people rise to the occasion. There are yeah. some wrestlers that rise to the occasion. They wrestle better in bigger moments. Yeah. Yeah. So Yanni certainly one of those at this point. And man, I'm not sure. 
the the variety of ways he can score. First of all, man, just attacking his legs is like a 50-50 proposition at best. You say that, and I'm glad he brought this up because a while ago, him and I had a conversation about, you know, where you know where where are you at in your training? What what do you need to do to be the best? And he's like, we were talking about Sajulayev. And as good as Sajulayev is, right, at scoring, you don't touch Sajulayev's legs. No. Basically, right? So, to Yanni's point, he's like, if Zane doesn't touch my legs, I win 4-0. You know? But Zane repeatedly got in on his legs. Basically, all these guys repeatedly got in on his legs. And I know that that can be a part of his thing, but... The number one thing that he knows he has to work on is not letting these guys get to the legs and not even getting in a situation where he has, has to scramble out of it. Because he can create offense from there, but he, you know, it also increases the odds you're going to get scored on. Yeah. Well, we saw, we saw J.O. We saw J.O. score on him and get in on him numerous times with, with low-level stuff and ankle pick stuff, right? I mean, that was how, that was how J.O. scored, right? And Zane, Zane's score was a double. So I guess what I'm saying is it has to be cleaner. It has to be forceful. I mean, if you give Yanni a second to react, at your own peril. Yeah, for sure. And and I don't think he's ever going to be a a head hands master like like Sajulayev. I don't think that's the template for Yanni to be like, for him to measure success. You look at a lot of these Russians, they'll let you in. Yeah, and then that's when the game starts, right, with them. So, yeah. I think I yeah. think it's it's always going to be a component. I mean, look, geez, look how he won his NCAA title uh, against Meredith. You know, that's, that's how he did it. He's, Meredith got in, and he forced an exchange. And um, well, he it, did right that and McKenna. Same um, with McKenna. Yeah, exactly right. Right. We all said. We all said with McKenna. That stall warding changed the match. Yep. Because now Joey took a shot. So when you shoot against Yanni, you do it at your own peril. Yeah. Um, going forward, now I mean, there's lots to get into. Uh, who, you know, Yanni may or may not win the spot on the team. It'll be interesting to me if Yanni does win the spot on the team. If he can go get one against the international guys when he needs to, right? Yeah, uh, man. A- at this point, I'm going to skew aggressively towards the positive with Yanni. So while I haven't sure. seen it, and now, it, and hey, Monday we're going to get to see him against that bona fide international guy in Bajrang, the Indian. Uh, really good guy, world medalist. So another little test, and I'm I think Yanni's going to beat him. I think he's going to beat him Monday. And it's going to add to his resume, add to his confidence, give him more experience. And I think the more times this guy can be immersed in these like elite environments and competing against really good guys, the the better it is for him. Because the guy's just going to be like a sponge. What happened? So... What happens? There were there was quotes, or somebody had asked him about this already. What if he goes and medals at Worlds this year? I mean, it wouldn't surprise does he, me. Does he take an? No, no, no. I'm, I'm not, I'm not surprised by you. What I'm saying is, does he take an Olympic? Yes. I think he. I think. I think regardless. Regardless. I mean, I don't think meddling at Worlds is like okay. Now I need to really go. If you win the U.S. Open, if you even if he hadn't won the Open, I think 
it was being discussed. I thought it was I thought it was actually kind of established he was considering it. Right. I don't think winning or I don't think um he wouldn't do it if he didn't win a medal. I just think if he wins a medal it's like slam dunk, like hundred percent no doubt. It, it's like everything that he does increases the likelihood 10, 15 percent more. Yeah, right? I, wins okay. the open, wins the like it just increases it that much more. I know, but let's let's say this. Let's say I don't know, seventy two hours ago or something, uh, he he lost to Jo in the semi, and then maybe like Frank got him, and he took fourth or fifth. Mm-hmm. What? Do you still think it would have been locked in that he takes an Olympic? I mean, now now he beat all these guys. He's feeling confident. Now, Here's the thing. I don't know. Wakes, yeah, yeah, I got it. I got it. Um, I, I don't know, but I, I think it was considered prior. And one thing that is yeah. interesting is Cornell has highlighted and circled this year as the year they make a big team push, right? You don't do that without Yanni. You don't do that without Yanni. So I don't know if he maybe considers a, a Kyle Snyder thing where you're out half the year doing that. But still, the the Olympic trials are in April, I'm pretty sure. So he's going to have to do the, the Kyle Snyder thing Here's where you quick turnaround. Here's the difference with between Yanni and Kyle Snyder at the same of their career. Snyder had lost. Snyder had lost. Yanni, and I'm not. I don't. I'm not saying that Yanni will protect legacy or protect uh, a potential all timer kind of thing. But if Yanni does all his freestyle and then just kind of just tries to help the team and takes second at NCAA's, he, he loses his shot at four time. Who the fire is beating Yanni? Even with part, I mean, uh, he's not losing. I think it'll be all or nothing. It either either be I'm taking the Olympic and I'm gonna do it, or I'm I'm there for my team. And when freestyle comes, I'm back to freestyle. And the thing is, another thing. I mean, I, if he's sitting out, if he medals, we'll say he medals. We're like working way ahead. We're already through September, and he just medaled. He's out till the finals, which I think I don't know why, but for whatever reason, I think that makes it. Makes an Olympic even more, into, uh, or competing that year for Cornell even more enticing because I don't really I mean, have to get up for a whole he, week. Right. So basically, if Yanni wins a spot, he's going back into Cornell's room, working on some tilts, working on some you know stand ups, getting out from bottom. Somebody's prepared for next. Oh, all right. Uh, I thought you were going somewhere with that. All right, so any more Yanni thoughts before we move on? Because freaking Dayton Fix won 57. He looked really good. Um, And I guess we we can just start with that. I mean, first of all, Thomas Gilman ran right through Nathan Tomasello, hot knife through butter. And then only afterwards do we – I find out that NATO had literally been practicing like three weeks. So – that's not uh, entirely surprising. Because so- someone was like, "Man, is, is is Nathan regressed? Is he this?" I was like, "I don't think to- I don't think Thomas Gilman has gotten that much better since 2017. I think NATO is not right." And then after I said that, I found out he'd been practicing three weeks, yeah. and it all made sense. He actually, for the first time ever, 
did not look otherworldly strong, just like aesthetically either. Like I didn't think he even looked – I didn't even think his body looked right. So throw that out. Dayton has a tough one against uh, Darian Cruz, just 2-0. And then, then the finals happens. And Dayton comes whoa, out. Whoa, whoa, back oh, it up. Back, back it up. up. Did you – back that thing up. Did you talk about – Vitaly? Yeah, he was he was down 6-0 on Vita. Oh wow. Yeah. Got I, thrown. I forgot about that. Yeah, he did. He got bombed. He went, he was trying. Vito had a body lock and he went double overs and Vito just picked him up. Where inside trips do not happen when you're in the air. And I uh, bombed him for four. And then I think he was still gathering himself because as soon as they got back to center, immediately in on a shot and a quick finish, and it was 6-0. But you could kind of tell. That's why freestyle is so awesome. But you, gotta, you know what the you crazy thing is? You got to hold up is? for six minutes. You got to hold up for six minutes. And I've been saying it forever. And Dayton's been saying it forever. And a lot of people at Flow have been saying it forever. And, and Dayton said it in his post match interview. It, <laughs> Dayton's not that big, guys. Dayton's not that big, guys. It, you had a you had a one thirty three pounder that wrestled this year, and he basically gassed a one twenty five pounder. I mean, he gassed him. Yes. Um. So Vito Vito gasses out. Um. I, I, really, but when at the period break, it was very it was pretty evident. It's like, all right, this is going to be Dayton's going to be fine here. He's not going to be able to withstand six minutes. And yeah, Vito Vito wore out. So. I don't know what else there is to say about that match other than, you know, Vito is clearly on the level uh, for a senior level 57 kilo. I really want to talk about the Gilman match because I went back yes. and watched night and day. Night and day. They made so many adjustments. For example, for, if you watch the first match at Final X, do you know what he did for the entire first 90 seconds, two minutes of that match? Jab step slash level change, yeah. right? Yeah, kept faking almost twenty times, and lefty club to righty underhook, mm-hmm. which is fine, but not really offense, right? This time, fights off a shot from Gilman, which is not terribly surprising because Dayton's an excellent scrambler, and then two quick finishes, both of them step outs, but quick finishes for the first time got his hands locked against him, and that's when I was like, oh. Okay, this is going to be a totally different match. Because last last time around, he shot. He actually shot more, but they were all you know kind of half shots, and he couldn't get his hands locked. This time, in clean on that high C, and again couldn't finish till till the end. But got two quick stepouts, and it was just a totally different match. Yeah, when you could tell um, when he was just taking the stepouts, he's like little by little. Um, you could tell it was going to be definitely a different match. And w- one thing that was really telling to me and he still got moved around a little bit by Gilman but he had the the mat awareness to ground himself right on the edge which it's a dangerous game to play and it all it could have bitten him a little bit because he kept putting himself in that position where where Thomas Gilman can really score from there he scored against Zane Richards from the identical position throwing the boot in and the ref, the one time, did not give – I did not think he gave Thomas enough time to work for, for that takedown. They stalemate. That doesn't mean Dayton was 
was going to get scored on there because as we saw later in the match, when that boot came in, it initiated a roll from Dayton, which was really slick and also really risky because you just never know how yeah. that's going to get called. They called what it right. They, call? they called it right, but that was a gamble. Call. It was his It was his move, but 100%, you never know how they're going to call it. Um, I still think that Dayton got moved around a bit at times. And I still think, listen, when the match is on the line, when it's if it's Dayton Gilman and it's within a couple points, Thomas is going to heavy club and try to drive him to the edge. And Dayton's response this time was to heavy wizard ground and go out. And I think that, you know, Dayton sitting out in final X right now, and all that time to adjust, and you got a game plan for, you got a game plan for one guy. Yeah, um, that, that's the thing. It's going to be Gilman he, Fix at Final X. Yeah, I think he just makes more adjustments. I think he just makes more adjustments. Um, don't you? Yeah, I mean, I think at at this point, it's kind of like with Yanni, the the upside in the adjustments, and who's gonna. Who's going to be getting better at this point? Who is a more raw wrestler? From, from Gilman's kind of who he is at this point, right? He's he's who he was in 2017 and 18. He didn't even place as high in 2017, and he's been taking losses overseas now, and he just lost to Dayton. But to me, the the upside is there, and and you know Gilman's going to have to make some major adjustments. To, to beat Dayton two out of three, I think it's going to be really tough to do, By but way, it's going you know, to happen at Lincoln. Common denominator with him. I mean, Yanni, Yanni's hard to take down, and he turns it into his offense. Dayton's, Dayton's just hard to take down. I mean, he's slippery. Yeah, he can, he has that kind of European kick-out stuff that's really nice. Well, he's turned also, it into his offense, too. Last year, he got the crotch lock, yep. and this year, he got the, the – would roll through. I don't the know roll, what you, whatever right. you want to call it. Yeah, good point. By the way, that that call was kind of – I went to open the show by saying the referees were great. The referees, I thought, were very consistent. I mean, we've, we've covered U.S. Opens before. We've covered trials before that we start the show with, how about this call? How about that call? Oh, my God, I can't stand the rules. It was utterly entertaining yeah. and pretty much very well officiated. So, uh, hat tip to the officials and hat tip, hat tip to all the rules. But that challenge they got wrong. Yeah, I don't. So, that it was really interesting to to watch. One that 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 whole sequence is uh, very topical because one. Throwing the brick there when you're winning, and you know if you lose the challenge, you are losing with a minute to go, to me, is bad tactics no matter what. You don't challenge yourself out of a lead against that guy or really any guy. I just don't, I just don't think that's smart. Even if you're very sure, it doesn't matter because, because of what just happened. Yeah. Because they are reluctant, I, you know, the, because they are reluctant to overturn their calls, and you know this, you know the nature of a bad camera angle or a, a different interpretation, etc. And you're losing, 
And, and to me, that was crazy. And I know Dayton was sure his knee didn't touch because, was, you know what? His knee didn't touch. But yeah. they still called it. They upheld it, and then he then that made well, it 4-4. That's the, that's the dynamic that goes on. Uh, Dayton knew his leg didn't touch. It didn't touch. He pops up. He tells his corner, throw it. Throw it. I mean, immediately, throw it. And in the corner was Derek Fix's father and Chris Perry. And I'm pretty sure they were like, this is not smart because the, the alternative is you're losing. When did it go? And Dayton continually said, I, I know that my leg didn't touch. So the what was explained to me through Derek um, afterwards is that um, – I forget the exact word he used, but basically when Gilman's leg is under Dayton's knee, it's called prevention, I think was the word. When it was there, because it was underneath it and it prevented his knee from going down, that is re- caused to give him two points. That's the gray area of the – when you were talking about on Twitter, like you don't need all three points down That's and you're stupid. trying to figure out like – that was the gray area you're referring to? Yes. Okay. And that's I think the rule? that that's what Derek explained to me, and I'm sure he got clarification from the the jury on that. So mm-hmm. to me, that is so to to our point, they may have got this call right too, Willie. But the rule is stupid if that's the rule. Because I'll just stupid, why yeah. would you not just put your leg underneath the knee and say, oh, okay, just prevention? It can't be the rule. And also, uh, I don't think that's why Dayton's knee didn't touch. Dayton's knee didn't touch because he was really, really good there and was unable to. That, like, hard, like, starfish quad pod. Yeah. How can, I mean, you, tell, how can you tell that? How can you tell that? If that prevention's a rule, like, how can you tell how much pressure <laughs> is there? That's just that stupid. is a good point. Exactly. It's that's why it's a it's a dumb rule. It's a dumb rule. Um, well, do we know it's a rule though? Well, no. We're gonna we're gonna find out. Um, but yeah, I, I I thought and and they know like I understand that it was it was bang bang play and and it might have been the wrong thing, but it was and, and they know they shouldn't have challenged that. Um, but <laughs> Willie, you're right. The when when Gilman, it's almost like a lineman, right? When Gilman kind of decides to get that underhook in, you can see his he's lowering his level and he's like driving through the yeah. sled. Um, but the point about grounding, there was a moment um, in their final X match where Dayton did that and almost got a step out out of it because of the how quickly mm-hmm. Gilman's head went down. And I feel like they, among the many adjustments they made, they watched that and were like, okay. This is our out to prevent giving up those step outs. And then, if you're smart enough, you'll be able to figure out why he was able to, to get in. I'll tell legs. you what, um, in just a general sense, the whole weekend, when you go to the edge and maybe somebody takes a half shot or whatever it is, and you end up whizzer, whizzer, hip to hip. That's a tough call, and it happens so often. Yeah. And, like, who who's, who put their hand out first or two who put their head out first? Now, in Gilman Fix, we got a lot of grounded calls. But 
that situation plays out so often. Well, and I, I wonder, too, is, is it a little – will UWW ever look at this and be like, man, this is kind of an out to prevent – we're not really getting the intended thing we want when guys are just dropping to their knees here in this position. But I think that the next thing, if, if I'm Thomas Gilman, I'm Mark Perry, what am I thinking about as I look to Final X is – what is my adjustment when he does that? Because you are you had him in that position three times and got zero points from it. If you're scoring, if well, you get, actually you that. got negative two points because you got scored on it one time. So if you can make the adjustments there, you can win the match. Yeah, I, I mean, I also think so. There, that's not the intended consequence. That's not the intended result. It's also not the intended result for one guy to collar tie and bull rush. You know, I don't think I, it's not it's, how it's I, Iranian style. Yeah, I don't, I don't view it. Yeah, like it that. is Iranian style. That's why I mean, I mean, that's what uh, Chirati does nonstop, yeah. right? I don't know. Listen, my it, opinion. I think I think it's Dayton that makes the adjustments going forward. I don't know. The so last things for me on that. Um, again, I want to emphasize. I love. I love when I actually get time to do this. Breaking down the the whole match. Dane's conversion time was absurd. It's like six seven seconds, right? Kind of depending on how you do it. But that's like Yonimitsu Sedge Live level quickness. <clears throat> and again, two of them were step outs, and I didn't know how to do the the roll through. But Gilman, um, aside from that first takedown at Final X last year, where he caught where he caught uh, Fix walking backwards and his, his feet were crossed. He's spending 20, 30 seconds on attacks, on shots, and not scoring or just getting a step out or putting himself in position. Like, so the and, – and this is why it's so beautiful that Mark and Chris Perry have to coach against each other because they're so detail-oriented and they're so smart and they have two super high-level guys. But the biggest adjustment for me is um, – Gil, uh, Dayton's ability to finish quickly and actually get in and um, Dayton continuing to make life difficult for Gilman when Gilman does decide to shoot. Well, one thing. <laughs> the first thing, Nomad, the Chris Perry, Mark Perry thing is not getting enough play. Yeah. And if it's if it's Thomas Gil that makes it through at the World Team Trials uh, Challenge Tournament, we should focus on that. Uh, a second thing is that you're right, and that's what, that's what I was kind of saying about the Yanni thing and Zane thing. Zane gets it on a leg, and it becomes all kinds of difficult and stalemate and counter. Yanni's one was a little duck, boom, quick finish. Yep. Yeah. So that was Dayton. Uh, and, and how about him? He challenges, he loses, and he goes out and gets the takedown. Uses that underhook against him, kind of flares it like an elbow control, and he comes right up around the body and plants him. It was, it was very clutch from Dayton, and uh, it's it's hard to say he won't be the rep now at 57 kilograms. I mean, who's coming? No, what's going to be different at the open for Gilman or at the trials? It's going to be him, right? No one else is going to enter the field that, especially. I mean, NATO would have to. Well, it was. It was Make a big jump. It was a really close match. It was a really close match. I mean, you have to think that it's Gilman and Dayton. I mean, are you saying that you're taking 
Dayton right now? Yeah. I'm not. Yeah. In fu- as a world team rep. Yeah. Yeah, me too. The, and the, the sure. thing that I criticized Dayton for, he fixed. So play on words. I liked it. <laughs> you know, I said I. I mean, I, I'm taking I'm taking Dayton too. I'm taking Dayton too. I mean, I said I think he's the one that makes the adjustments. He, he has more adjustments to make. He has more upside. Thomas Gilman's been focusing on freestyle for you know, cup two years, while Dayton's been trying to ride people out and stuff. He, he has he has a month or two to focus on one guy. So I, I got Dayton, but man, I mean, that was a really close match. Yeah, oh, no. it was definitely in the margins, sure, for sure, for sure. I mean, I th- I thought Dayton would win the open, and now it's like, now that it's become reality, I think it's even more likely. So okay, we talked about that. We talked about fifty-seven. We talked about sixty-five. Next thing, I think we got to wait. When's your flight, Willie? Do you have to leave? I got aboard in like twelve minutes, and. And they they screwed me. I mean, they didn't screw me. They told me it was D. I have to go to another terminal and stuff and all that jazz. And you, how fast are you right now? D, you better I'm go. S- well, I got only got. I'm down to one gout. Oh, one gout, single gout. Single gout, dude. So oh. I mean, I got some stuff going on. All right, why don't you why don't you go ahead and go then? All right, I'm gonna go. Uh, I'll see you guys tomorrow. Okay. Have a good day. Love you. So long. Love you guys. Love you, buddy. Love you guys. Who's number one tomorrow? Me and Nomad. Who's number one? We'll find out who's number one. Nomad or Willie. Now that you have one gout, it could be you again. <laughs> All right. Later, bud. Okay. So 70 kilograms. Oh, boy. I mean, here's here's Kyle Bracky. I need you involved, buddy. Yeah. I, I miss you. Um, 70. I can't understand, like, I get it. Some guys are better at freestyle than folk style, right? I get, it happens, and I can understand why. Dayton Fix is, like, the best turner in, in the country. Um, it's just different, right? But with Deacon, when he loses matches, it's because he gets taken down and stuff, right? It's not like he's getting tur- – he has this, like, bottom liability or he can't ride right. at all. He loses takedown things. Like, Pantaleo just took, took him down a bunch, right? So how – is it that freestyle? He's so different, and he beat he beat Pantaleo for one. Then he beats James Green in freestyle. I can't. I I don't understand it. I can't understand this freestyle to folk style situation. He was fifth at Big Tens. And when you when you consider that one of the toughest matches of Nolf's folk style career was Pantaleo, mm-hmm. and he was up six zero on him. Mm-hmm. Now he still lost, but it's like, um. What is going to happen at 70? I don't know. I feel like we kind of know, but I don't feel comfortable. I know. I really thought – I mean, I, I picked Nolf to win. He lost 6-6 six, six to, to Green, late takedown there. But then he almost lost to Pantelli. I mean, I still and deep down kind of think it'll be Nolf that emerges and makes it through, beats Green. But, man, it's – it's definitely crazy, and I think he would beat Deacon too, right? But I don't. I mean, Ryan Deacon just won the U.S. Open. I know nothing. It's kind of crazy. It's maybe like the one way where you feel like uh, the guy that's gonna make the team is probably gonna come from World Team Trials. Yeah. Like you're gonna have to win World Team Trials, and then go to Final X, mm-hmm. as opposed to the people that are already sitting or just won the U.S. Open. Yeah. 
And it, so that that match uh, with with Green, I mean, he had it once he. I mean, don't forget, Deacon was winning there, but then Green got the takedown in the lace, and you're like, all right. James Green's a multiple world team member. He's been in so many big matches. He's going to figure out a way to He knows just, what to do. Yeah. He'll close the door here. It was great job. I mean, I'm still leaving that, like, uber impressed with Deacon and how good he is. But to see him, I, I don't know what the bigger thing is. Deacon getting the takedown or how James gave it up? Like, not giving up the step out or not being able to – I know it's so much easier to, like, say, okay, just step out. But I was just surprised that Deacon was able to, to make that happen uh, against someone – as good as James Green. Yeah. Um, so to Bracky's point, because now he just made me think about that. Guys who have the buy, right? It's just men's freestyle. Guys who have the buy since 2009, um, whether that's earned its final X last year or world team trials or Olympic trials, 49 and 17, their best of three series. Mm. So it helps. Set the, the numbers historically say seven or eight of the guys who are in final X right now will win. I would like but I what I would like to know is the percentage of open winners. Only open winners. Because the world team the the guys with world medals skew that number tremendously. I got that for you. All right, let's get that one. That's uh, more it's, pertinent. It's approximately two thirds. It's thirty six and seventeen. So just over two thirds. Got it. Got it. So sixty percent. And that's since two thousand nine because then the brackets start getting a little tired to find brackets and stuff. Right. <laughs> God forbid our, the history of our sport go back more than 10 years. <laughs> That's a good sample size, but yeah, right? It's like, it's hard to... We know we know how Ty Cobb did in one game against the Baltimore Orioles in 1902, but uh, we don't know. No, no. Um, but yeah, so, thir- so 36 and 17 guys who um, have won the Open and gotten a bye. So, that, so for this, that would, like, next year when I rerun it, that would be Dayton, Yanni, and Deacon. Um, can we real quick talk about how many of the U.S. Open finalists do you think um, were age-level medalists when when they were, you know, younger? Mm, 70%. Uh, yeah, close. It was 12 of the 20. <laughs> you say 12%. Yeah, 12 <laughs> of the 20 guys. Um, nine won age level medals, and then Bo Nickel, Imar, and Chance wrestled for age level medals. Yeah. So that whole like developmental thing that we've talked about for years and years and years again rears its head, and um, those are the guys that are now having success once again. Yeah, yeah. No, it's every year it's kind of reinforced for sure. Um, so yeah, Ryan Deacon, U.S. Open. Champion. What a Northwestern. I mean, this, those they guys. They balled out. They are awesome. I mean, Deacon wins. I mean, I still give Brewer, you know, Brewer for right now, you know. He's not in Blacksburg yet. Yeah, he's not there. Yeah. It's not like this This redefined his training. Right. The, I think he's entered under Chicago RTC and had, yeah. had those guys in his corner. K- so. Kennedy, it was Kennedy and Leitner in, uh, in <clears> Brewer's <throat> corner. And who else? Uh, Davison made the one the open. Yaya. Yaya Thomas beat Andrew Lears. We were like, Yaya Thomas got seated three. We're like, what? Okay, why? I don't understand this. They, he, that was like one of the toughest weights, and he yeah. won it. And he, so he gave Aliers a tough match last year in the Open in like early, like a 30 round, 32 round, 16, but then got smoked by him at trials. So I'm like, okay, well, this could go one of two ways. I'm going to lean towards the latter. But 
Alirius had he'd had a tough match earlier in the tournament against um, high schooler Victor Vo- Victor Voinovich. Oh my gosh, that kid is so good. He's very tough. He, he ran at he you know he got so t- watch that match Voinovich versus Alirius. Watch the second takedown that it's the same post left side shot, but how sweet. how tough he had to get on that finish was like very telling. I think it turned a lot of heads. A lot of college coaches were there watching. They're like, "Holy cow!" And he's yeah. he's a known guy. He's pretty high on the big it's board. Like, yeah, I think it's top ten on sophomore. So yeah, so he's going to be a, a known thing. But, man, but anyway, it's impressive. Um, yeah, yeah, and I, I want to go back and watch. Because, so you look at the losses Alirius has had the last couple years. So Murin at the Open. Demas, um, and then Meredith at Schultz. So I'm curious to see if Yaya took anything from those or if he just kind of, they just game plan did his own thing because Lyris couldn't get in on him at all. Yeah. Like Yaya, Yaya dominated the match. That, that was not a, the, the result may have been a fluke. Maybe it could turn out to be, but the match itself wasn't a fluke. Yeah. In terms of how it was wrestled, Yaya was better wrestler. Absolutely. Six minutes. Man. So that's pretty telling. So good job by Northwestern. Um, what other weights do we want to get to at uh, 814? We just want to quickly kind of run through them. I mean, 61, Brewer over Nico, and it really looked like Nico was going to win that thing. Nico looked freaking fantastic. Mm-hmm. and uh, But Brewer just has – he's just got a couple more ways to score in his upper body. You know, we've seen that lateral drop from him before. He lateral dropped Nishan at Cliff Keen finals uh, back in the day. So he's had that in his arsenal, and man, 61's interesting because I, I think that's one where y- you coming into the trials finals, I, I think it'll probably be a coin flip with whoever Brewer gets. I think it's going to be really, really close. Obviously, at this point, since he's won it, you favor him, but um, I think that's one of the, as far as guys sitting out, that's one where there's vulnerability. I think 61's very much in flux between Cologne and Brewer mm-hmm. and whoever makes it to Brewer. And it's very interesting because Brewer had a terrible open last year. Like, just yeah. look at the results. Right? I think it was one and two. And then this year he, he won the Schultz, which is great, right? Qualified for the trials. So if he got nicked up and couldn't wrestle at the open, he, he still had a chance to get to Raleigh. Um, but he didn't necessarily beat anybody where you went, okay, yeah, like he's – going to be a force and again he's always been a force right i mean he's tech tony ramos and done all these things he looked like a world beater out there it hasn't the only points he's given up this year were to nico in the finals in freestyle yeah and and to see that from cody who was kind of a i'll get scored on and i'll just outscore you let's have a shootout kind of thing that's pretty telling as well and we we didn't see or i didn't see in the matches i called we didn't see like that super tough top game but he's got it i know he has it so Good job by Brewer. The big question, Cologne Soriano slated to happen at Beat the Streets. Mm-hmm. Will, will, is Nick going to wrestle for a world team? Is he going to be in Raleigh? Do we know? Do we have a firm yes or no? I have a firm guess that that's no. I don't think that he If will. he beats Joe, does it change? I don't know. No, I don't think so. Because I, I did a projected seeds, and my question 61 was, does, will they count that? The, well, will they count it, and will Suriano show up? By the way, I hope so, but I, I just don't think he will. You know, so um, Nico should be the top. Now, another question is: We didn't see Nation this weekend. Are we going to see Nation in Raleigh? Because he's seventy-six and zero against Nico. That's actual and fact. And has had 
<laughs> amazing man. Nashon and Cody Brewer is one of my favorite rivalries. That that always you never get a two one match with those guys. No, it's impossible. <laughs> it's phenomenal. So that's sixty one. Uh sixty five we discussed. I I'm curious, who do you think comes out of Raleigh at that weight at this point? Or yeah, at Raleigh. Because uh, Yanni's in Final X. It'll be J.O., Zane, Frank, all those dudes. Of course, Ness took third. So, yeah, Frank took a um, surprising loss on the backside to, to Ness. I guess it wouldn't have been surprising a year or two ago, but since then, you know, they've kind of gone like this. But now Ness is back, so that's good. Um, I, I still think J.O., but, yeah. I kind of – I don't know. I kind of think it'll be Zane. I, yeah, I cannot, for whatever reason, I can't buy in on Zane. I want to peg Zane, but then he hasn't beaten J.O. ever. Yeah. yeah. No, he hasn't. And, you know, are we seeing, like, amazing, like, so Zane took a year off, right? Yeah. And you could have prognosticated, and I think I, I suggested, hey, maybe we'll see kind of a different Zane. Like, mm-hmm. he'll just been focused on, not that much different. Still really, really good, obviously. But he hasn't, like, from 2017 World Team Trials to now, I don't see a very different guy. Right. I mean, he looked great at World Cup, but, and he again, looked, relative to competition, you're like, okay, well, he kind of supposed to do that. Not to take anything away from him, but, like, okay, that was good. We saw what we needed to see at World Cup. And then, I mean, look, he lost the match that was in the margins to Yanni, but I just, I don't know. I don't know what the the hump is for Zane. I don't, and I don't know if he can get over it. And by that I mean like make this huge jump to like super world level. Correct. Uh, I'm with you there. So Imar beat Gant. He was dominant. Were you gonna say something, Kyle? I was just gonna say, how about Joey McKenna's not qualified? He Joe, was in Final X last year. Yeah, I guess he's gonna go to last chance, right? He's not. He wasn't registered as of. Well, last when night. can you when can you register by? That hopefully is a show up. Yeah, oh, Dean Heil. Has McKenna ever beaten Dean? I don't know. I don't know. It's a good question. That is his kryptonite. How about Dean? I mean, Although he, did, he, he didn't end up placing. He DMP'd, but he beat McKenna. He was he looked great on the front side, and he beats McKenna, and then he's right there with Ironman, ends up getting pinned in classic Ironman fashion. Classic Ironman. Yep. And then drops down and loses to Kanan Store, who went on an awesome run on the backside to qualify. And Kanan Store's qualified, not Joey McKenna. Yeah, Kanan Store lost to Dom Demas uh, first round, which I believe was maybe an All-American round match at NCAAs. Um, and then, yeah, comes back and gets seventh. It's pretty 60, good. 65 is goofy. Extremely goofy. Which I guess was supposed to happen when we had, like, 16 or 17, 15 seated guys. Yeah, but no, Kanan Store was not supposed to be one of them. I hear you. Good for good for him though. Love Kanan. Uh, Imar was kind of supposed to win, and he won. Uh, Tommy Gant looked good, but um, another level. Alex Daringer. I mean, we knew he'd go hot knife through butter here, but to not give up a point, it's it's gonna. I really think it's gonna be him and Dake at Final X. I think he beats uh, Zahid this time. So you think? You think Zahid shows up to trials? Zahid has to go through the trials again, um, and Ringer beats him two straight. Chris Pendleton's gonna yell at me. Uh, two straight. <laughs> um, I mean, it's look. I mean, part of it's probably recency bias because well, you just saw Ringer, but it's I mean, not. It's, Ringer's amazing. It's not really that. It's 
apparently Alex Derringer was really, really injured at, in Rochester last year. And just no one ever knew. No, they never told anyone. But had like bad ankle thing going on. So I found that out and it really made me think. It kind of made everything make a lot more sense. I still think it's a really tough so match with in him. In terms of the, the attacks that he couldn't get to. Yeah, and how, well, not only that, but how easily Zahid was able to get in. He just didn't have that mobility. He made, and mm-hmm. this guy was right there. When you look at Ringer's international ledger and how good he does overseas, and then you watch how good he does against Kyle Dake at the Open and against everyone else, and then he gets smoked two times by Zahid Valencia. It, it's, there's a lot of evidence that that is a complete outlier. Yeah. Right? So I'm kind of starting to think maybe it's going to be – maybe it will be him. I mean, he had – he could – let's be very clear. He could have beaten Dake last year. For sure. Like, that match was – it was kind of interesting because it just makes you think about if they call the Burroughs-Dake match differently in 2017. Yeah. If last year's Ringer-Dake match goes, um, goes differently. He's in Final X. Right. Um, but I believe – I'm trying to find it. I believe Ringer's only international loss to a non-American in the last few years is to Gadji at Uregan this year. Yeah. Which is, you know, a guy Someone who that beat, beat Dake. Dake and was a bronze medalist. Right. Guys, Dake, uh, Ringer's absolutely world level. Yeah. Top, Probably top five when healthy. Yeah, someone asked, it, like, is he our most dominant non-world medals or maybe non-starter? 5-2 lost to Gadget. The answer is yes. He's really, really stinking good. Uh, PD3, <laughs> he runs through the entire uh, Buckeye alumni uh, quarter <laughs> semis finals. Oh, yeah. Quartz, Martin, and Heflin. I didn't realize that until he tweeted it. Um, I didn't put it together because they're all in different places now. But, yes, he did. Um so Downey probably would have started at Ohio State. So the, the the most interesting match was the Miles Martin one, which was over in every way imaginable. He's down 7-0. He didn't have a whiff of a point at any point. And then just things, just the way they go in freestyle, a little thing happened. You get a step out. You got a takedown. Miles takes a bad shot, gives up a go behind. And then you're underneath Pat Downey, who's really good on top. Very solid gut wrench. It, so when I wrote my preview, I based a lot of me picking Downey on two things. Number one, what I saw from him in January, which was just comfortable, relaxed, like, no, this training situation that I'm in, this NJRTC, they love me, they support me, they're my brothers, they're, they're, they're got me in the right way. And then Miles losing to Max Dean when he had – toyed with him for two matches and smoked him last year in freestyle in U23s. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I just don't know where Miles' head is at. And that's really hard to you know criticize a super high-level guy. But that was my concern. And then he didn't wrestle back the second day. So um, I hope Miles is okay because I'd love to see optimized Miles Martin at World Team Trials. Oh. Um, but, yeah, it was Pat Downey was – Pat Downey not known for second-period wrestling – well, and, and got it done. It was so funny because I feel like he pl- maybe plays possum a little bit. He takes oh, these, yeah. he takes these big breaths. I'm like, down. He's about to melt <sighs> down. He stands straight up. He looks so tired. But he, either it's one of two things: he's just playing possum and messing with you, which I don't know, or he is that tired and it just doesn't matter. He just it's like a Russian. They can just 
fight through it and they just get really tough. And even though they feel horrible and they are very tired, they can still wrestle really hard. And I think that might be what he's able to do. Is it a little Dake thing? Where like when Dake comes back to the to the to the edge sometimes at, at the break, he looks dead. He's like, Ugh, like right, like hanging. But then you're like, he's not tired. Yeah, he just looks like terrible. It was so funny. Uh, Nomad was doing interviews with the semifinal winners, and it was like seven three with like thirty seconds to go. And he looks at me. He's like, Hey, who will Miles have on the other side? Yeah. Mm. And I was like, Heflin. He won. And then as soon as we said that, Downey gets a takedown. And then gut gut, and the look on Nomad's face was hilarious. He was just, <laughs> just stunned. It was hilarious. It was a crazy match. It was shocking. It was shocking. And and watching that, I guess if you're Miles Martin, you're probably hoping, you or excuse me, if you're Pat Downey, you're hoping not for Miles Martin to yeah. make it through Raleigh. I mean that that clearly looks like the toughest matchup, and like winning that way is not super rep- replicable. But he's going to get to sit out all day, and this is where. The World Team Trials sit-out is a bigger advantage than the Final X sit-out from a... from a Weight perspective. Yeah, or not just a weight perspective, from a this-guy-wrestled-all-day perspective. Well, it's second day, though. But, yeah, you have to wrestle a whole tournament day before. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's, that's hard. So I think either way, it's going to be, um, you know, Miles is going to have it to do, but it'll be tough. But you mentioned something about Miles sit, uh, forfeiting out, which... Apparently, after now multiple guys forfeited out. Oh yeah, Miles did, Nato did, Jordan Oliver did, and you know, say what you want, but we all kind of saw the Jo forfeit thing coming. But apparently, there was some vote of some kind afterwards, after Jo forfeited out to like let, whether he would be able to wrestle in the trials, and apparently the vote was close. This makes no sense to me at all. Like something where. Because he didn't have some medical thing, he wasn't able to for, forfeit out or whatever. I don't understand why this was up for any vote of any kind. But you guys made the rules. Top seven qualify for the trials. There's no caveat of the circumstances. To my knowledge, there's no caveat where if there's some reason or not reason to wrestle. When you right? look at when you look at the trials procedures, right, which are publicly available on themat.com via the Freedom of Information Act <laughs> available and they're they're somewhat extensive right like because they're they're they have to be approved by the USOC right they have to go through lawyers and there's there's processes like for the green marable situation for mm-hmm. instance, right so they, they try to think of every little thing that weigh in thing is not in there yeah and you can't you can't change the rules midstream to what you have to weigh in because, and I think you were the one that said this when we were talking about it um, the other day, if those guys had known that, yeah, in all likelihood they would have weighed in. Yeah, if J.O. knows, okay, I have to wrestle on day two or I'm not qualified, I will wait. You can't just, like, he didn't weigh in. We should vote on this. Yeah. No, that's not how it works. So I, I, I don't think there's going to be anything that comes of it. I think it would be highly inconsistent if they did that, and there's no way the court of – arbitration sport would allow that yeah but listen if you don't if you want guys to wrestle on day two then put it in writing right otherwise when guys make the semis and don't win they're gonna dip yeah period and i you know what i don't listen we've we made shows about medical forfeits and we'll get to those in a little bit but and you know i'm against them but it's in the rule and i'm not gonna say i want to see a guy sit have to 
not be able to wrestle in the trials as a result of you guys changing the rules midstream. Right. So I just wanted to say that. Bo Nickel, Bo Nickel, Jaden Cox is going to happen at Final X. Bo will have to win at World Team Trials, but my goodness, he's so much better than these guys. He is so stinking good. I have no idea what's going to happen, Bo versus Jaden, but I can't wait for it. He's he's absolutely outstanding. I asked him about this in the interview, and somebody I think somebody asked us this in a um, question from a friend a while ago. Does Bo's baseline stuff get kind of overshadowed? Yes. Like his he just lefty high seed Zilmer to death. Yeah, he may have thrown him once. I can't quite remember, but pretty much it was baseline lefty high C, quick finish, right? Glue glue your ear to the side, takedown. That's not throws. Uh, that's not otherworldly technique. It's great technique in the sense of how you know he's able to get in and stuff, but like that's not that's very basic stuff. And I think we just forget that in addition to being super creative and being super fun, Bo can also just beat you just regularly. Yes, yes, no. It definitely needs. Mentioning and reminding that he's a lot more than just a toss monster, cradler, um, scramble machine. Mm-hmm. Kyvin beat Ben Hannes, who um, I think Willie was especially aggressive against, but we all kind of <laughs> got a chuckle when he was the three seed. We're like, wait, how does this happen? Well, he placed at the open fifth last year, which I had no idea, but that was, mm-hmm. you know, Austin Schaefer also won that weight, so there was a lot of shenanigans going on. Um, so, yeah, but Kyvin Gadsden, I think I, it's going to be Kyvin and Snyder again. Yeah. So Kyvin beat Hannes in the quarters last year, beats him in the finals this year. Hannes is gut wrench. Yeah. My goodness. He's good. It, if you could gut wrench people in NCAA, he would have done better than eighth. Yeah. Holy <laughs> crap. For sure. And he, and, and he mentioned this, and this is kind of something we knew. That was a tough cut for him, right, down to 97, 197 um, during the college season. Those extra was at sixteen pounds. Yeah, helped him bigly. And then another, the, yeah, he's huge. The surprising thing for me, Danny Chade beats Ty Walls for third, and Walls barely got by Chade on the front side. So now I'm not so sure that it's not going to be Hannes and Gatson again in um, the trials finals because I think Hannes is going to beat Walls. I think Chade's going to probably take out Snyder. <laughs> His upside is is out of control. Then Adam Kuhn beats Tony Nelson. Uh, he had to dig deep there and get a takedown and did. Uh, so Kuhn, by him. Kuhn is, yeah. Kuhn, is that how he got it? Well, that no, was he had, sealed. He was up 3-2, Tony shot, and he got the crotch lock to make it 5-2. Right. Yeah. Okay, thank you. So we're, we're looking like probably Kuhn, Kuhn Gwiz once more. He's sitting out to the trials finals. Is Adam Kuhn where he'll probably await? I don't know, Tony Nelson again. That's who yeah. it was last year. So because – Nelson beat Bradley, and they've got a – I mean, they go back years. Yeah. Right, even that – remember that scuffle final from Mm – what was that, 2013, 2014? I think it would have been 13. 13? That was was nuts. Um, And then, you know, but Mike Soy beat Bradley at at the Schultz, but, yeah, it's it's probably going to be Nelson Kuhn, um, and then winner gets – Winner gets Gwiz at Rutgers. And Gable is not qualified for trials, right? Gable is qualified for trials. Hmm. This face. So he can try to make a junior. I want, I want him to wrestle. I would like him to wrestle as well. All right, so we're united. <laughs> united. We'd all like him to wrestle. United Gable Steves in front. We'll see. Um, I hope that he does. So, okay. Those are all the men's freestyle weights. I want to get into these new NCAA rules. I Propo- if we were going to. Proposal. Yeah, I, I got to talk about it. 
um, because a couple things. One, here's a quick rundown of the changes, then we can dive a little bit deeper into them. Video review. They're trying to avoid frivolous video reviews, right? So now if you are a coach and you challenge something, if it is not overturned, it is in a stall warning, okay? Which that's fine, I guess. But of all the issues with video review, I don't think the frivolity of the challenges was the like the top thing for me. It to me it's I think this will limit challenges in, in a lot of ways. Yeah. But it the problem is that these guys won't change their calls either. So you're gonna have potential bad calls. I mean, for you know, to get into the the Dayton Soriano one, for example. That was they, they just decided they weren't going to call that rule. They, they just sometimes decide they don't want to change things, right? So I don't think, I don't think that's going to be going to be right. So I don't think they, they really fix much there. But I do think there are frivolous challenges, and I think this could limit them in some way. But it's only going to – when do we see frivolous challenges, Nomad? At what point in the matches? <laughs> when guys need blungers. Well, what, okay. What are you saying? That's one. That is one. But I was thinking at I don't the, know where you're going at the that. end. Yeah, sorry. Mm-hmm. At the end of oh, matches. Oh, you mean YOLO bricks? They're basically YOLO bricks. Okay, yeah. yeah. At the end of the match, to, I'll throw it, right? Sure. The the match is likely not within the one-point stall warning margins at that point. So you're still going to see it from, from time to time. So I don't think it's going to limit it all that much. But that's not a big deal. Medical forfeits are now losses. Are we going to call this the the Shakur Rashid rule? Remember, all these rules are pending, by the way. All these rules are pending. So they have to be voted on. They have to be voted on. Um, or maybe it's the Stefan Meech. I don't know what rule this is. Maybe no one gets a, gets a name for it. But they're going to say these are going to count as losses now, which is going to be fascinating because, one, it's going to jack up seeds in a major way. But Good. Yeah. So either – Wrestle or don't wrestle, but I, it's what it. What I think it will limit is like just entering into tournaments altogether. They were very pointed with the the way that they said this because the the whole the why this is likely to get shot down is the health committee, whatever that is, is going to say we don't want guys to wrestle when they are legitimately hurt. I don't think that's going to happen because it's not going to happen. What is actually happening is the complete opposite, which is guys in, in all likelihood who can wrestle don't. And the the way they worded it was additionally, this would provide for improved communication between the wrestler, medical personnel, and coach as to the wrestler's readiness to enter competition. Which is, if you can't go, we all understand. Save your body. If you can, please wrestle. Yes. So I. Someone immediately tweeted at me, like, wow, so this is going to encourage injured wrestlers to compete. I said, no, it should not. It should not do that. If they can't wrestle, that's why you have coaches and that's why you have trainers. And yeah. all of you have all those things. And if there are coaches that are putting guys out there, it, that's a lo- first of all, that's a lawsuit waiting to happen. You're just yeah. like, I say, please sue me. The, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen much. Uh, I really don't. I'm not. I'm not trying to be naive here. I think that's just reality. I think, and I think you'll see a scope for how many of these guys could wrestle and just choose not to. They don't want to wrestle back, or they they're being risk averse, or they're not wrestling well, and they're they're going to forfeit out. The, the interesting thing about them counting as losses. So what we're talking about is when you look at when when the NCAA does that seeding matrix, right? It's it's losses 
at the weight at which they are competing. So, like, for example, um, such as the Iraq, Sebastian Rivera going up to Stefan Micic did not count as a loss right. on his resume, which it shouldn't have. Um, what, what's, what is interesting is that the medical forfeits count as quality win points, right, when you're when you're doing the matrix. So, like, uh, Pletcher over Micic count as a, a quality win point, but it didn't count, like, for the actual win-loss ledger, and now it, it could, mm-hmm. which I agree with. If yeah. you do not wrestle, you should – you should be penalized. Yeah. Sorry. No. So I, I think it's good. I think I think it's good. I'm not. Um, yeah. I think it's a smart rule. Weigh-ins. No more hour weigh-ins. Huge. If uh, duels are two hour weigh-ins, tournaments most of them are two hours anyways. That is interesting. Ethan Lezak's like, oh now <laughs> now no hour weigh-ins. Really? Thanks guys. Thanks a lot. I had a coach DM me four last, years. DM me last night who was like, "Man, everybody's talking about this, that, and the other. The the weigh in is massive change for some of these guys. Oh, that's big. It's really big. Um, yeah, I don't know what else to say other than no more two hour weigh ins. Yeah, it's gonna be huge for guys to get a lot more fluids back in them than they usually would have been able to. Yeah, I I like it. I like that. Um, it, it does mean guys are gonna have to wake up a little earlier on like tournament days, but otherwise. well, tournament days a lot of them are two hours anyways. Oh, yeah, yeah. I don't know why I said that. That's a good point. It's mainly duels. You're right. Yeah. So it's four four duels. That'll be... Strike that from the record. Strike. We'll, we'll edit that part out. Saunas. You can now get the benefits of saunas out of season. So they weren't sure if you were able to um, before, so they clarified that because there were probably some snitches like turning in athletes for using saunas out of season because um, that's happening. But, no, you can use a sauna in out of season now, which... Good. You should be able to use it all the time because it's great for you. Not to cut weight. Yeah, not to cut weight. To recover. Yeah. Just so we're clear. Warnings. Stall warnings. This is it. This is whoever wrote this. Willie pointed this out to me. Is I? They need to rewrite this because I'll just read it. <laughs> it does sound weird. The committee recommended a tweak to the penalty sequence for stalling violations. After the initial warning, the proposal called for a single match point to be deducted for the next two violations. A fourth stalling. Violation would be a two-point match deduction, and the last stalling violation would be a disqualification. So, guys, they don't deduct points in wrestling. Right, they add. They, you, your opponent gets So there's no deductions. So that needs to be rewritten. The opponent gets one. You don't get deducted. You don't go minus one. The only change in this is instead of going warning 111DQ, it is now warning 112DQ. Which I thought was how it used to be. I think it wasn't high school. Sometimes I get my high school and college no. mixed up. I'd like to go with the deductions for stalling. <laughs> yeah? <laughs> just, yeah? Just tick them down? Yeah, it would be hilarious. You'd, have, you'd probably have some matches that end with guys with negative points. It'd be like five to minkle <laughs> one time. This doesn't change DeSantos' ability to stall people out in the first period. That was no. the most insane. Like Cody Russell would have had negative points. Negative points. That would have been hilarious. That's insane. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but now here it is. Uh-oh. The thing we complained about all year long, the stupid hands to the face point of emphasis, and they think they addressed it. They did nothing here but make it worse. I'll read it to you. And real quick, um, McKenna will be at last chance. So there's that. Yes. The committee has proposed a reclassification of hands to the face from an unnecessary roughness violation to an illegal hold. 
Rules for il- rules for, for illegal holds indicate that whenever possible, illegal holds should be prevented rather than called. This would provide referees more flexibility to use verbal cues, issue formal warnings, and or stop the action as potentially dangerous before calling an illegal hold. Referees still may call an illegal hold for hands to the face without warning if they determine it is appropriate. Okay. Now, what are examples of illegal holds? Head scissors, full Nelson, mm-hmm. headlock without the arm, um, the illegal cutback thing, right Matt to, return. Yeah. Okay. Riddle me this. When have you ever seen those positions warned at any point ever? It doesn't happen. You There's no warning. The thing, the illegal thing happens and you call it. A full point Nelson's penalty. immediate. Immediate. Point. The illegal headlock. They don't say, hey, can you get the arm? Can you get the... Now, I'll hear them say things like on a leg attack, keep it legal or watch the knee or something or like that. Or an arm bar. Yeah. Arm bar, keep. But. And they never really call the arm bar illegal. They'll, no, no, they'll I'm just saying. They'll, but that, that's an example of them talking through mm-hmm. the position. Exactly. The, what are you? There's no. If I'm wrestling, no man. What, what are they going to see? My arm begin to extend and like give a verbal warning as hey I now, get. Hey now, hey, 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 hey. Close. <laughs> that's that's not possible. So here's why they made it worse. You made it worse, guys. I know you want to address it, but the way you address it is you take a big black marker and you strike through it completely. That's how you fix hands to the face. Because what you did is make it more inconsistent, and you're going to give us a bigger headache. And here's why. Because one ref who hates this rule is going to give someone a warning for doing it. Right? And I don't know how they're going to do that. It makes no sense to me. But that's going to happen. And then the exact same thing is going to happen. And another ref is going to call it one point automatically. Maybe in the same match if we're lucky. Okay? That is going to happen. You didn't fix it. You made it worse. You made it more confusing. You made it more. You added details and layers of complexity that are going to confuse refs further and get them further from being on the same page. You could have fixed it, and you made it worse. And that's it. It's like in freestyle, right? They have the attention for popping guys in the face and grabbing the fingers and all. It's like if one ref was like, nah, no attentions, just points. But other refs are like, no, no, I'm gonna give the I'm gonna stop the match and explain, hey, we can't we can't be grabbing fingers. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't know why they're they're they did make it worse. Now um Mr. Matt Valeni, two time NCAA champion, has said he would love to come on and answer questions for us. Okay. And was very uh I think I saw him respond to some tweets yesterday. Yeah. So Yeah, he was. So Positives, NCAA is is being trying to be open and transparent about um, these things. So it sounds as though we can get some clarification. We can get some answers about our questions. And and I'm really stunned to see they didn't address the edge at all after what we saw mm-hmm. at well all year and basically throughout the this rule's existence. And they didn't address it uh, in any way is really alarming that they're not going to they're still going to pretend that this rule is good and appropriate and 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 completely called and not every time there's a inconsistent call where they blame where they just blame the ref and say the ref messed it up no you messed it up rules writer because you made it completely difficult to call um does this about match what um because i had kind of gotten some stuff after the meetings happened um in what was it april or not april good lord whatever after ncaa's mm-hmm. does this about match what what you heard was coming out of this no i well you guys were – Willie was like, headgear's done, but I don't think that's happening. Right. That's what I'm saying is that it's the, it kind of – there's some stuff off that 
that we got. I don't remember any of the. Uh, there was like some review stuff. I don't. I don't remember much else. No, I heard the. I heard the. This match is what I was told, which was it's going to be stalling. Which, by the way, make it a point. It should be a point. It should be a point. Yeah. I'm not super passionate either way about that. Okay. I am. I'll die on that hill. He will die. He will die on the failed challenge. Is a point hill. I don't think we'll see the medical forfeit thing go through. I don't either. That that's stupid. That health committee is gonna veto that, and that's why. Do you know what that? Do you know what that says? Then if they don't let that go through, they're saying they believe that a coach and medical staff would would let guys who are injured wrestle. Truly injured should not be out on the mat. Like that's what just, you're. So if the medical people, whatever, if you pass that, that's what you're saying. You're saying uh, the people in charge are not gonna protect athletes. And and I mean, there is some like there's some logic behind that in the sense of like <laughs> humans can be inherently bad and will just like do bad things if you allow them to, and that's why we have a rule of law. But like, come on, man, don't nobody's. I just don't think a lot of coaches are gonna send out injured well, wrestlers. I, think, I don't I, think wrestlers are gonna be like, hey, coach. Like, my knee is screwed up. I cannot walk right now. If you send me out there, this guy's going to single leg me to death. I will not be able to stop it. I'm going to lose anyway. So can I get healthy, please? Well, I think CP nailed it. I think you're just going to see more guys, if there's even a question of whether they're healthy or not, just either not enter the tournament or not wrestle the dual meet. Mm-hmm. So that they don't even risk getting hurt more. Yeah. Okay. Um, Want to get to some, some questions? Please. A lot of gout questions. Uh, but Willie can't answer him. Basically, using the word out and putting gout in them or gout wrenches was one. Um, gout wrenches? Yeah. Oh, so fantastic. you guys are getting really creative, and, and we love it. He's down to one gout, which is great progress. But based on what was happening in the airport, I'm sure we're going to have double gout here sooner rather than later. Uh, Sammy Sasso, champ at 149 next year. Also, shout out to Kay Bracky. The family is highly invested in the Alien Hour. Thank you. If if Alien Hour was the president, it would have the highest approval rating of all time. <laughs> Sammy Sasso, one forty nine champ next year. I say yes. Yeah, I'm I'm strongly leaning that way. I've kind of been saying that for a little bit. Uh, I, uh, who? Are the, I mean, Austin O'Connor's good. I think Kalajic's going to take Olympic. I mean, unless Yanni wants to come up, which doesn't really make sense to me. I, I think he's going to win. I also, I just I would really like if Braden Lee and Sammy Sasso just wrestled in like four NCAA finals. I like those kids. I think they wrestle hard. So can we just make that happen? That'd be cool. Well, that, maybe that'll be a new rules proposal. I, th- I think it should be. <laughs> They'll throw out the medical forfeit thing and make Sasso Lee the finals for four years. I think that'll happen. Um, are there any whispers on the absence of Spencer Lee from freestyle? No. Um, just I don't, don't know. Don't want to wrestle. I don't know what the whispers would be. He's, yeah. either, he's either going to wrestle or he's not going to wrestle. And if he does wrestle, everyone will be very happy. And if he doesn't, everyone will understand because a lot of guys don't wrestle freestyle when they're in college and then start again once they're done. So I had a thought here. What's more impressive, Snyder winning the Open at 19 or Yanni running the gauntlet and winning it all this year? I think it was Kyle just based on the quality of the guys he beat. And I'm equally – I will say I was probably equally surprised – Maybe I was more surprised when Kyle did it because I just did not expect him to beat Varner at that point. He mm. beat Jaden in the semis. I forget who he had previously. That's what I'm going to look up. But 
Yeah, that's my thought. It was pretty surprising because we just saw him lose to Kyvan Gazin. Yeah. Like a few months before. And he had barely beaten Jaden in the semis of that tournament. Mm-hmm. He didn't win Big Tens. Right. So, I don't know. Yanni Elise was a two-time NCAA champ, hadn't lost in a while. But yeah. I, so I think I think Varn, or, uh, Snyder's more impressive, just the two he beat. Yeah. So this this was Snyder's road. Uh, first round by he beat Tech Romero Cotton. Fine. Um, beat Dustin Kilgore, who I believe had made the national team the year before. Then beat Cox, who at the time had never made a team, but obviously we know how good Cox is going to be. And then beat the Olympic champion two to one. Yeah. So in terms of medal credentials, even at the time, there were more. Uh, that Snyder beat. Yeah. So And it's, I don't know, I guess not that 65 isn't a man's weight, but like 97, as much as we were saying the strength thing for Yanni, 97, you're talking gorillas. Yeah. 213-pound men, cut down from 220, 225, 230. Huge, powerful human beings. I, yeah. I thought this question was just funny. Is throwing the challenge brick snitching? <laughs> yes. Oh, it is. Bracky thinks it's snitching, so it's snitching. Sure. Um, it seems to me, this is from Nomad's Worst Take, which is Jude from Home Ad Advantage Podcast. It seems to me that there are considerably more last-second lead changes at the highest level in freestyle than in folk style. This is due to the relative easiness of scoring in freestyle or the commitment of the senior-level guys to achieving it. Well, yeah, it's just easier. There's so many more ways to score. I think... Great. I think uh, good analysis by Jude. I think he misses the point. We're not going to have this argument, but it's criteria. Because when there's criteria, someone is always winning. And because someone is always winning, someone is always losing. And so as awesome as overtime is, what you have when you have overtime is guys standing around for the final minute. Mm -hmm. And whereas in freestyle, guys have to go after them. So I think that's – I think – uh, there is a component where it's easier to score because exposure, right, and step out. Um, and I do think that senior-level guys do try harder because they are senior-level guys and this is their livelihood. But I would attribute it primarily to criteria. Criteria is a good point. I also think we kind of, as a country, stink at not getting scored on late. In I think we've, we just see it at the level, senior level sometimes. Mm-hmm. We're just, like, bad at that. When we try to protect a lead, we lose – Leads. Even some of our highest level guys will James. now not super often, but yeah, I mean James, right? Um, you know, Burrows at, at Worlds against Sitikov, right? So it does happen. Um, and yeah, I think that's that's kind of a and I think part of it is because you don't have to defend a lead when it's four four in folk style. I don't know. That's yeah. my personal opinion. I'm gonna get a lot of pro overtime. And I'm just go away. Yeah. I like I like your angle though. Um the, the idea that, you know, someone's always losing. At any point in the match, someone's losing. It's really mm-hmm. good. Um, any other question? We know gu- guts will be a thing this year. Will gouts be a thing? That's right. Yes. It already is. It already is. It's a thing. It's, it's an epidemic. Um, how is it possible that so many fans are uneducated about the qualification process for Final X? Well, Jacob Wilson, I don't think it's super... I don't think it's complicated. I do think we've tried to explain it, but it is still somewhat new and is a little... It's only the second year. And the thing is, when it's like, this weight goes to the final X and this weight goes to buy here, it is a little bit like, 
it's very dynamic. Right? I do I do think if you have been paying attention to freestyle for more than like three years, like prior to the Olympics, and you don't understand it, I question you a little bit because it's the same. But it's I get it for the people who come. And we're, again, we're trying. Well, to I think the it. other thing too is there's a lot of new freestyle fans. That's yes. that's it. That's yeah. a big part of it. There's a lot of new freestyle fans every year as either they get exposed to it through someone they know wrestling in it or their favorite college wrestler transitioning over into it. Yeah. Well, you're going to get a big, and it's already started, a big influx of Penn State fans. It started with David and then Zane and now Bo and Jason. Mm-hmm. And especially if they make world teams, it's just going to pull even more of those people in, which is great. Iowa obviously indoctrinates new fans every year as they continue to, to put guys on world teams. Ohio State's been, you know, Ohio State's been, been putting guys on world teams. So I think the bigger fan base is, the more guys are on teams, the more likely you are to have new fans roll in year after year. Yeah. Uh, why is Dayton more offensive, aggressive, and confident in freestyle than he is in folk? You mean to change? He said in his interview, he was like, I just keep replaying that NCAA final over and over in my head, and I realized I just have to pull the trigger. So I think that was just like a big wake-up call to him, like, I got to go. Yeah, I think, I wonder if in folk style, I mean, I kind of, I reject the premise somewhat because it's, I guess, more aggressive. He is more aggressive in freestyle, but it makes it sound like he's not aggressive in folk. But there are times when he certainly isn't. The Suriano, Both Soriano matches, for sure, he was, he was not aggressive. Um, but, you know, I, I think there is some stylistic thing going on there, but... When he does pull the trigger, he is he is so good. I I don't know. I don't know what it is. I think with folk style, he's won matches without having he because he can win in so many different ways in folk style. He could win. He could ride you out, or he can counter you. I think he got into a thing like, well, I don't have to pull the trigger to win. Right. He's right? really good on top in folk style. He's good on top of folk style. He's really hard to take down. And so if you can get away. You can ride people and not get taken down. I think J-Rob always said something like this. If you can get away and not get taken down, you're going to win almost all your matches, right? Yeah. So I think D- Dayton, in that way, whether you – subconsciously, you're not – you don't go into a match saying, I'm just going to win this way. But in your subconscious, you know you can win this way. And I think maybe that's part of it. Now uh, he knows. You just you just got to pull the trigger and get the legs. And he did it. So maybe – Maybe that's it. So I'm curious to see now as he makes this run here in freestyle, how is that going to transition next year? Because he's going to be 33 next year, I'm guessing, and it's going to be a really good weight. And he's going to be against Nick Soriano, and maybe Seth Gross is going to be in the mix next year. He's going to have to be able to pull the trigger. Yep. Meechich? Yeah. How did I not say that? Meechich. They still didn't wrestle the shoe, did they? Somehow. No. <laughs> Somehow, it's, it's like Piccinini and Rivera. They're just destined to yeah, never wrestle. Yeah, never going to hit. Never going to happen. Um, okay, anything else before we depart, dear friends? Where would Arya stack up in the 125 <laughs> rankings? High, I mean, uh, pretty high. Yeah. yeah. She murders people for, <laughs> for sports. She's definitely undefeated. I mean, at this, at this point in her career, I don't know what the comparison is. Does she have is. the best win? Oh yeah! Right now she needed that elite win. She yeah. beat that's that's Slay over Satiev. That's you, you beat Icho. That's you beat uh, you know Burroughs. Like yeah, that's a really good one. when you beat the Night King. That's a really that's a high quality win. They can't take that from you. Yeah. Also, when you I don't know where Saving Humanity ranks, but now 
How do you factor in saving here? Nomad's just mad because he thought the ice zombies were going to win. It's not just that I thought they were going to win. It's that I desperately, desperately (laughs) wanted a show or a movie to just end so miserably. Just like, the point of the show is that death wins. Because they they kept saying, we're fighting death, we're fighting death. Do you know what happens in real life? Death wins. A hundred percent of the time. None of us get out of life alive. Wow. It's stupid. They're like, no. Not a hundred percent of the time. Have you ever heard of Jesus? Yeah. Uh, you know he had the he had a three day spell there. <laughs> yeah, but he came back. He came back. He came back though. But it won for a time. Then it got turned. It got it overturned. It won for three days. The, the call got overturned. <laughs> I understand that. <laughs> they threw, the Lord threw the brick. It was a got long over, review process. Long review process. <laughs> but through the scope of eternity, not that long. Right. Th- three days is, is but a blink of an eye. Sure. Um. Yeah. Fair point. But listen, you're saying yes. Everyone. Everyone does die. Uh, that is basically true. However, every show, there's no show that is, by the same token, no show has ever ended like that. I know, that's With- why I was like, just do it, just do it. It's <laughs> going to be so great. Jaggers had the best, uh, Coach A. Jaggers had the best analogy. He's like, you know, you know who came out big in this episode? Cersei. She got a bye to the finals while the, the, the guy who was up 14-0, way better on the opposite side, got pinned. And in the process of, of the guy getting the pin, he rolled his ankle and was like, I'm going to give it a go anyway. Yeah, that's probably what's going to happen. Um, I have a lot of, lot of things that anno- kind of annoyed me about that. Just from the, uh, the tactical decisions that, that Jon Snow and Daenerys were making with the dragons. Where were they going? What were you doing? And then they come back and they just start annihilating the White Walkers with their dragons it's like you could have been doing like, that for a while. Felt like instead of uh, starting with the guys on the horses, like just sending them out, they should have started with the dragons. Right. Yeah. Go. With, what's What's the point of the dragons? Like you killed the Dothraki, who are like your best fighters, like immediately. They, they set it up so well. They like all the tension and it built right, and then they got all the Dothraki, and then Melisandre came through, and then they're like, oh, we got flaming rocks, and then they started throwing the 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 catapult bomb. Fire rocks. I'm like, oh yeah, it's about to go down. And then they come back and they're just like, no, mm-mm. and then no, we don't want that smoke. Uh uh-uh. uh Yeah, all that fire just disappears. Yeah, I thought like, it meant oh, they boy. were all dead when the fires went out. I yeah. mean, most well, of them were. Yeah, I mean, some of them most were, were. But yeah. um, but then just like, oh, just the whole episode, it sucked. What we never figured out why Bran or the Night King was after Bran. Didn't suck. Like it. They just they. George R. R. Martin is better than, and I I haven't even read the books. To, but but I'm just gonna say this. I'm gonna say this because, and I'm gonna base it. This, uh, this is gonna be this is like a Willie thing. I'm gonna base it off what other people have told me. But clearly, they don't pay attention to details as well as George R. R. Martin. Or there's so many details, oh and R. R. Martin told them this is how they need to end it. Nerd. And even he got, and even he got was like, "There's too much going on. I can't wrap this up." Which is what I thought was gonna happen after the first episode. Nothing happened. I was like, "There's no way they're gonna be able to wrap all this up," and the, they didn't. And I don't know if I'm gonna watch the last three episodes now. Oh, I'm that upset. Shut up. And now I'm sweating. You crazy sweating through the RTC Oh my gosh. Nomad is said. He is so upset. You literally just started so thinking about all these things right now and then got yourself more pissed off the more you talked. No, yeah. I thought about I I was screaming at my television. <laughs> oh my gosh. I was like, "Yes! Yes, no! No!" <laughs> I can't I well, cannot the bl- reason I, you well, were screaming no, is because you have to give Spay $20. Yeah, I mean, you, I I did. That, that's fine. I know, but that's I won, why you were I screaming. I want a lot of crap tables, so you're, I'm good. You're oh, oh, nice. High roller. You're a smart guy. I can't believe you made that bet or really thought that evil was going to It was with my it was a lot with my heart. I really wanted I really wanted evil to win for once. You're yeah. also going to watch the last three episodes. 
Yeah. I don't know. Yes, you are. Uh, but one thing that bu- bugged me is how many times our our favorite heroes, Brienne and Jamie Lester, they're like literally getting pinned by uh, Samuel Tarley. Gave up more near fall than Spencer Lee opponents this year. He's just laying on his back with the evil on him. He's this fat guy, and but then they just cut to him later, and they're, they're fine. They're just running around. No one ever dies. It's like, all right, this show's been like so realistic, or like you know, kind of no one's safe. And then all these guys are just being trampled by these evil things. And they, they're fine. They also shifted the White Walkers, and maybe this is maybe this is like just when the Night King's around. But in the early part of the show, they were just like gung ho, go forward. So. Like, I'm talking like the beginning of the show, like the first few seasons. So the fire trench was a great idea, right? Because they're just like, hey, they're just going to go in and get burned. But then you saw it when, when there was an episode where they wouldn't walk in water. And then you saw it here where they would just like stop. And they would just like wait for the Night King to to tell them what to do. And then they're just like, oh, okay, we're just going to like smother the fire. And also, and are, they, are they walking dead zombies or are they just like these undead great soldiers? Because they're walking around that thing with, with Arya just running into stuff like they're slow and then, but then there's other ones. But then, so what, what are we working with here? Yeah. Well, what are these guys? Let me know. Um, Although, right. I, last thing, I am glad that it wasn't John. Or we knew that when, when they, they they set that up kind of poorly. I'm too, tired of John. Where where they were like, can he get killed by fire? And Bran's like, I don't what know. John nobody's do? ever, nobody's Nothing. ever done it. That's my point. But oh, so God. when Daenerys said like Jakaris, you were like. Pfft. Like as I was watching, I was like, "He's just gonna be like, yeah, yeah, and cool." Um, but then it the the, the the like note was where Arya stabbed him was where they put the the dragon glass when he was made the Night King. Hmm. So, but I'm glad that uh, <laughs> I've got Caleb in the back is saying spoiler warning. Listen, if you haven't watched Game of Thrones, I'm. Listen, I have. I feel it's been nothing. like forty-eight hours. I feel nothing giving spoiler alerts, and if I get if something gets spoiled to me, you know, it's what you you watch. If you don't want it spoiled, watch, watch it, it live, or quit, quit, Caleb. That's all. That's your only two <laughs> options. Never do this show. <laughs> oh, Caleb watched it, so he's just he's just complaining on behalf of other people. Caleb, you need to be mic'd anyways, just so people can hear this dialogue. Otherwise, they just think we're talking to Who's ourselves. Who's gonna kill Cersei? Who's gonna um. Uh, Tyrion. Yeah, I hope that happens. Oh, wow. Oh, there is. God oh, yeah, says, <laughs> says Caleb. Love it. All right, we'll find I out. I think it's going to be Jamie. Ooh, oh. I would like that too. The now, here, here's the here's the really, um, and then we need to go. But this is a really interesting <laughs> one. Arya faceless mans into Jamie and kills Cersei. Arya? Oh. But then Jamie's got to die. Why? Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. No, no. Doesn't have to happen. Doesn't have to happen. They've done it before. Anyway, I think that I think that. Do you is still think uh, Littlefoot guy's alive? Littlefinger. I don't Littlefinger. know. I, they, Littlefoot's the character uh, from yeah. Blame Before yeah. Time. <laughs> they, they, Classic. They screwed it all up. Damn, I'm so upset. He thought Littlefinger was still alive. He had a whole thing. The, is it still possible he's alive? Yeah, it's still possible he's alive. This is. I knew. This is when I got myself worked up. The day of. I I just I read and I watched twenty YouTube videos and read six hours of Reddit theories of just all these expansive, fascinating, like really well researched and like just interesting theories. And I'm like, yeah, this is cool. Like, can we make these happen? These guys are better writers than the actual show. Like, this this would be cool if this happened. And none of none of them happened. None of them happened. By the end of it all, you thought the Earth was flat, probably. 
doing your YouTube deep dive. You good to go? Yeah. All right, Caleb. We're ready to go. Good show, boys. Good show. <laughs> I hope you watch Game of Thrones. Otherwise, um, at least we did it at the end of the show. We didn't put it in the middle. Yeah. Uh, but most of you watched based on Twitter. And if not, maybe you'll be... Uh, now you don't have to because we just told you what happens. So... That's good. Who's number one tomorrow? Show Thursday. Last chance qualifier this weekend. Beat the streets Monday. I'm sure we're going to talk about all those things on Thursday. I'm sure that we will. For Kyle Bracky and Daniel Roy Lobdell Jr., the wrestling nomad. I'm Christian Piles. Thanks for listening. We will see you in two days. Have a good one. Thanks.